Hello and welcome back to the Conversations at the Well podcast. We are so grateful that you have chosen to come back and listen to another episode. And if this is your first episode, welcome. I am currently not with my usual co-host, which is my mother, but I am with my best friend, Mallory. Say hello. Hello. (laughs) Uh, You might recognize her from our Mother's Day episode that we put out, which is uh, currently the the highest grossing podcast um, of our of our own podcast. So you're famous. Yeah, where's my compensation at? <laughs> where's my compensation at, honestly? <laughs> um, well, today, other than my new co-host, I also have a brand new guest for you. And she is a super special lady who came into Mallory and I's lives whenever we were in high school. And she taught at our high school and also took time out of her life to um, mentor us and to uh, really just pour into our lives after after her time specifically in them. So uh, we love having her here and I'll let her introduce herself to you. Oh, hey, um, I'm Sarah Pape. I currently live in Austin, Texas, but before I moved to Austin, um, I had the privilege of blitzing through Dallas and taking a job at TCA. Um, and that's where I met Mallory, Caroline. And it was kind of a, a bumpy road for me that year because I was teaching um, AP US history, which I had never taught before and had never taken before. It was a bit of a, um, a learning curve for everyone involved. But Campino was definitely both a spiritual and an education mentor to me that year to take me under her wing and say like, it's gonna be okay, we're gonna get through. And we did. Um, in one piece. So yeah, so I live in Austin. I'm a teacher here. I teach literature at um, Regents School of Austin, which is a classical school. I'm also a photographer and I write um, different articles for different publications and all sorts of fun stuff. So kind of have my hand in a bunch of different cookie jars, but teaching and like artsy stuff are kind of uh, the sweet spots for me. You know, I I was um, a Young Life leader uh, in Austin whenever I went to school at UT And I was the young leader at Hyde Park, which Regents is Hyde Park's rival school. Tribal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's cool. Yeah. So you're also married to Ben, um, who also husband. Yes, husband. Yes, he also you know played a a cool role in getting to know some of us. Uh, I don't know if you if you remember the impact that you leading that Bible study. For, for kids in our in our grade had on us but you know our our year went through a kind of a big switch from junior to senior year and there was a lot of like yeah. synergy that happened over that summer which surprised all of us mm-hmm. and looking back at it I 100% think that you and Ben leading that bible study was like a start of a lot of people starting to like take take ownership of their faith uh yeah. in our year and we saw a lot of the impact of of just people pouring into us over senior trip and then throughout the year. So I think that's cool. I think that had a, a big impact and it's really cool that you and Ben chose to chose to mentor some of us in that way. Wow. That's really sweet. Yeah. It's really, um, you know, teaching is such a like hands-on job or at least how I want to go about teaching. I grew up at a public school. So it was sort of like, Oh, if you see, your teacher, you know, like, you're like, do they actually know my name? I don't know. If you see them in the grocery store, you like find a different aisle, um, actively avoid them, you know? And I still do that to like when I see a high school teacher, but 
going in, I was like, I want that to be different. Like, I don't think it has to be like that. And, um, yeah, I'm just so grateful for, to be married to somebody who's like-minded. Um, because when we, you know, when we went to Dallas, we'd only been married like <laughs> less than a year, basically. Yeah. How old were and, you whenever you started teaching at TCA? That's a good question. Um, I was probably 28 and wow. turned 29. I got married at 27, so we were pretty fresh. Um, but, but yeah, I remember being like, I mean, cause you all know the guys at your grade, like who I love him would take a bullet for, but in class you're like dead in the middle of the lecture and he would be like, you know, country road. <laughs> oh my and, God. You know, yeah. Everyone, all 20 plus, everyone would like join in this chorus of like West Virginia. And I'm like, my only option is to jump in. Like it's not stopping. <laughs> yeah. So we don't you know, like that kind of thing. Um, and I love those guys so much personality and, and yeah, so it was like, okay, well, Ben, you got to meet these guys. And we like came to the home of whose basketball game, somebody's basketball game, you know, and Ben's just, we met at Pine Cove. So we, you know, we love God and we love, um, high school kids and he just totally hit it off with all those rambunctious guys in a way that like, I wasn't going to, right. you know? Um, so it was really cool. Cause he got a bunch of them like reached out to Ben and be like, Hey, can we, can we get together for lunch and like talk about this or talk about that? And, um, yeah, it was just a really cool opportunity that we didn't really, I mean, obviously you don't like know what's coming. You're kind of just one day at a time of like, what does God have for me today? And yeah, we just really look back on that time fondly and being like, <laughs> come down to our duplex in like, <laughs> the M streets. Yeah. And, and it was fun and cool. And, um, you know, I think it was just talk about God's faithfulness in your own life and then um, try to invite people into that and be like, let's see how we can meet you where you are um, yeah, and, and find God in the process. And um, yeah, I guess all of that to say, going into that year, I had no idea what to expect. And y'all did, not y'all specifically, <laughs> but like people were not thrilled with me at the beginning of the year. But by the time we got to May, you know, I was like, I love these kids. And I think it's mutual. Like, I think we have something going here. So then to get to like, you know, start a year on such a, like a bumpy um, beginning and then end of the year with like, come to my house, like meet my husband, like come have food at my table and let's talk about God was a really sweet kind of a story arc, I guess. Do you feel like that started something within you and Ben's relationship to be like this, this, is going to be like an important part of like who we are as, as a couple, like serving and opening up your home and. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it was necessarily, yeah, a a start to it per se. Um, We both knew like before when we were even dating, we like, we knew that that was important to both of us and we had both been doing that separately. Yeah. So then by the time I got married, it was like, oh sweet, we get to do this together. Um, And so, you know, we, Ben was working in the corporate world so we had people in our house all the time. Um, yeah. Lots of people that weren't believers. Obviously, it's a totally different thing to be like, Ben, bring your like software co-workers over who are all in their 20s or 30s. Um, and then like I'm bringing over like a bunch of 16, 17-year-olds. <laughs> um, your co-workers. Yeah, so, yeah, my co-workers, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, like I think that that, I don't know, I think for us, we knew like, Hey, we want to be faithful to steward whatever opportunities God gives us. And it's going to look different every day. And so, um, 
like, so yes, essentially is the question. Um, but as far as like, we want to have Bible studies with high school kids once a week. Um, it wasn't necessarily that specific. It was just kind of like, we want to have an open door and an open table um, for anyone and everyone that God kind of crosses our paths with. So, um, so yes and no that, and I think that's given us a lot of freedom, you know, and flexibility and it's forced us to like rely on and like listen to the spirit. Cause you're like, you never know who God's going to cross your path with, you know, you never know if it's going to be somebody who's like our neighbor who's in her nineties or, you know, another high school kid or the elementary kids that live like in a cul-de-sac, like you just, you just don't know. But I think if you have, um, you know, eyes to see opportunity and willingness to open your door and your table that you kind of, man, you get all sorts of cool stuff, you know? Yeah. Cool opportunity. Yeah. Christian hospitality is an interesting subject. Could be a, could be a whole podcast in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah, well, there are people who are a lot better at it than I am, but it is, uh, like, I'm not, I'm a terrible cook, and, like, shamelessly so, I don't pretend, but, um, yeah, but it's sweet, and it's like, you know, you can, you can do that in any capacity, you don't have to be, like, wealthy, or have, like, the prettiest house, or the coolest stuff, or whatever, like, you can be generous with yourself and your time, um, no matter what your situation is, or your age, or whatever. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, on this podcast, we like to ask the question because the Christian life is not one of uh, sunshine and rainbows, but it is one of great reward. uh, What is um, kind of a a hill or a valley or a a victory or a struggle that um, the Lord's been seeing you through in this season? And could you talk about kind of the impact that that's had on your faith as of recent? Yeah, sure. Um, So let's see here. We moved to, Ben and I have moved a lot. Um, we're both similarly wired in that we're like, oh, well, we have a million different interests and we kind of want to do them all. Why would we not do them all? So <laughs> we left Dallas. We moved to Dallas in the first place because our best friends, Ben's literal best friend married one of my closest friends and they, a couple months before us, and they had a duplex and their neighbors moved out and they were like, hey, do you want to move in to the other side of the duplex? And we're like, when are the odds that you would get to like live with a wall in between you and your best friends. We have to take this opportunity. And so we did. We like quit our jobs in Kansas City and just rolled into Dallas. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll apply for two jobs. I've done that before. So that's how we ended up in Dallas. Um, and after a couple of years there, we were like, okay, it's time to it's time to move. So um, when I left TC, I was writing full time and um, and doing photography. And so we were like, okay, well, let's let's do photography together full-time, both of us. So we moved to Fayetteville, Arkansas, where it was like home base, but we traveled basically for two years straight. Like we were, we spent like months here and months there and we're just kind of like a moving circus. All that backstory to say that we were like, okay, it's time to like kind of settle down a little bit. And there was a job opportunity at Regents, um, which I had, I taught at Regents before and loved it. And so we moved back and that was like right around the time that, um, COVID hit and everything started shutting down. So we were brand fresh to Austin. Um, We had both lived in Austin when we were single, but we hadn't lived in Austin married. So like figuring out friends and church and it's like kind of hard to go to church when all the churches are shut down and meeting people. Um, So yeah, I think that like with that, that was just an adjustment, you know, because you're like, oh, wow. Okay. What do we, what does it look like? 
when all of your, um, your normalcy is like totally stripped from you of like social interaction past like being on a phone, you know, um, and it's just you and your spouse and we bought house, which was fun and like a good opportunity, but it was like a serious fixer upper that we were feeling very, um, inspired by Chip and Joanna <laughs> and all the people on Instagram who are like, Oh yeah, you just like build it out of wood and stuff. Um, and so we bought this house, gutted it, and then it was time to move in and we weren't done. We were like, Oh, we'll get and ch- flip a house in like six weeks. It's not a six week thing. <laughs> um, it's not in a pandemic. So we moved into this house with like no floors, no kitchen, no, like, I mean, we barely had running water and, um, it was real hard because everything was just like, everything was out. Like literally it's like, oh, there's the studs in the wall and the floor is up and there's dust everywhere. And like the carpet's pulled up and it's sitting in the corner. And so I think it was like, um, you know, we had to strip wallpaper. There was this pastel I kid you not, mermaid iridescent (laughs) wallpaper in our bathroom. And I was like, this is the hill I will die on. I cannot look at that stuff. (laughs) Um, So like trying to strip wallpaper. And I think that so much of that time, like it was stressful because um, I'm somebody who like, I want the process to be done. Like, I don't want to get in shape. I want to be in shape. I don't want to um learn something I want to know something you know what I'm saying like I don't I'm like I want to to have already arrived I don't want to have to go through the process and so getting a house is like I want it to be done I don't I don't want to strip wallpaper for I think it took me 11 days for one bathroom I was like with my fingernails like it broke me down um and like seeing Ben like on his hands and knees like sand grinding tile off of a cement floor. Like it was not glamorous at all. (laughs) You know, and when you watch like a 45 minute episode of Fixer Upper, you're like, oh my gosh, like this is so fun. Um, But when you're doing it, you're like, this is, I am just, we're disgusting. You know, like we work our full-time jobs, we go to this house and like, covered in sand, covered in grime. We stink to high heaven. And like, wow, what, what just happened? And um, I think that through that, like, I felt anxious. I felt impatient. I felt irritable. And I just kind of felt stuck, you know, cause you're like, this is our, this is our life and we've got to do it. And it's not something you hand off to somebody else. Um, like, I guess you could, if you had zillions of dollars, that's not us though. So, um, you know, we're like, okay, we we're in it. We committed to this, we're doing it and it's hard and it's messy and there's stuff everywhere. And I learned about me. I'm the kind of person who's like, shove it all in the closet and close the door so that the mess is contained, but like, it looks good. Lots of metaphors there. Right. Right. You know, I'm like, I'll deal with that later. Um, just as long as it like looks good for me. And so, yeah, just like having your mess out and everywhere, it like really worked on me. And so it's a very long-winded way to say, I don't know if you'd call it a valley or a hill or a whatever, but um, 
I definitely think God taught both of us a lot through that. And definitely me of like, sometimes he's like, this is messy, you know, like working on yourself is messy and, um, and like untangling your web of whatever, um, can be a mess, but it's good and worthy work. And yeah, it's easy to shove it in the closet and be like, I'll deal with it later. And later never really comes around. Um, but there's a lot to be said for breaking something totally down to the studs and then putting it back together. Um, and then looking at it at the end of that time period and be like, wow, look at, look at what we've done. And, um, you know, not in a like, look at all of this that I've done, but like in a spiritual context of like being willing to kind of put it all out on the table, especially when you're married, like before somebody else and be like, well, here it all is, you know, <laughs> like yep. there's no hiding. And, and then putting it back together and seeing God put it back together, like little by little. And when it feels like I just worked an entire day and I have nothing to show for it, like there were weeks and weeks, really months and months like that, where we're like, you know, does it even look like, we've done a thing. Yeah. Um, but then you start to say, like, Oh, wow, that's changed. Like, look, that, that looks better now. That's different now. Like that's sturdier now or whatever. So yeah, I think it's been a cool process. Um, we have floors now we have a functioning, <laughs> which is nice, but yeah, like it was, we didn't for a while. And we're like, how can we figure out how to make this work? And you know, is this, is this enough essentially, you know, like when the comforts are stripped away and it's just me and Ben, and me and God, you know, to be like, can I find contentment even here? Or is my happiness, my contentment contingent on my comfort, essentially? Because yeah. I was not comfortable. Yeah. That could be a fantastic um, nugget of advice for anyone, like, in our stage of life. I mean, she still has one more year of school left. I'm starting a new stage of life. And that's the time in which either your stuff is shoved in a storage unit or it's in your parents' house uh, or it's whatever. And you have to figure out a whole new way to build yourself a whole new life. The question arises, is God going to be enough in this? Or mm -hmm. is my, you know, happiness contingent on my comfort, whether that's like comfort in, you know, school or relationship or, or whatever it might be. Um, totally. But I wonder if there's other advice that you have that you've learned in, in this last season that you could impart to us and all of the other people who are willing to listen on the other side of the microphone. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, to y'all specifically, when I think of like, gosh, cause you're, I cannot handle that y'all are of age to be like either finishing your senior year or starting your senior year. It's too much. I can't do it. Like <laughs> at that. Um, but like, I remember when I was 22, this is a total pivot, by the way. But when I was 22 and 23, um, I remember like all of my friends getting married. When I say all, I, I kid you not, I was in 23 weddings before I got married. Two, three. Like, that's a lot. Wow. Like, I'm four away from that movie of the 27 dresses. Um <laughs> And, and I remember that just being like, it felt like everybody else's life was starting and mine wasn't. And I was like, why is that starting? Why the world? And that's just so not true. You know, like I went through a terrible breakup um, around that time. And I was like, the Lord has forsaken me. Like truly, 
in my feelings. Like God has forsaken me. I don't know what I did wrong, but he did like, he has, he's left me. I no longer have his favor. Um, nothing if not dramatic. So like, I think that I wish for anyone in that season, especially if you're friends, it feels like everybody's kind of moving at a different pace and you feel like left behind. Um, I would just say like, he is so trustworthy. <laughs> like I, when Ben and I, um, when I was dating this other guy, this other guy was one of Ben's friends. It's fine. And we <laughs> went on double dates together. Like Ben and his Stop. girlfriend, like his girlfriend, like stayed with me at camp. And we like went on double dates. So it's like Ben and his girlfriend, me and this guy, you know, that was like four or five years before Ben and I ever, ever went out on a date. And, um, if you had told me like at 22, Hey, you're going to get to marry Ben Pape. Like it's going to be okay. I would have been like, what are you? Oh my gosh. So excited. I didn't know that, you know? And so like, I think that through that process of like, I'm going to get married and, um, and then, Oh no, I'm not like curveball. And, um, it just moving at a different pace than what felt like everybody else. It wasn't everybody else, but of course in the moment it feels like everybody else. I just would not trade it. Like God really showed me his faithfulness in that of being like, I have something just for you. I wrote this before any of your days ever came to pass. And I'm a good author. Like my story, I'm a better writer than you sister. And my story for you is way better than your, you know, your story for you. And it's so true. Like he chooses better for us than we would know to choose for ourselves. Like I would have never, he was one of my good friends, you know, like we're like yeah. goofing around, going with the, like hanging out with the buddies. And it never occurred to me that like, this is going to be the man that I'm going to be with. But when I'm 22 and my friends are all getting married and I'm not, um, I'm like, all I want to do is be married, you know? And then I am married now and I adore him. And it's, you know, like, yeah, he's my best friend. It's the best, but that's not, it's not like, Oh, I've arrived. Like I'm fully content. Now there's nothing else. Like it doesn't, you don't graduate from that sort of like, um, I guess discontentment. So discontentment is kind of like a disease, unfortunately. And it doesn't like, you don't just magically cure it. Like it lingers and then it takes on a different form and it's like, well, now we're married, but we live in an apartment. Oh, like we need a house. And now we have a house and I'm like, any other house <laughs> yeah um and and then you're like oh I want kids like because my friends have kids and I don't have any kids you know so I think recognizing that pattern of like wow okay this isn't this wasn't one thing this wasn't just I want to get married like this is this is something inside of me that is that will continue to take shape if I don't find and and you know hunt for contentment right where I am you know and like that's something you can practice today wherever you are and to whoever's listening like if you're in high school you can practice that now if you're in college or fresh out practice it now and like try to develop that muscle now so that um you know you have a heart of gratitude and that is the language of the christian should be that of, of gratefulness and um and of praise you know because you can always find something that you don't have <laughs> um and, and let that rob you of your joy. But um, yeah, if you make a practice of like, what can I be grateful for today? Even if it is the fact that the sun is out, um, you know, that can just, that can shift your whole perspective and 
there's anything I'm wanting to develop, it's that just to have a heart of gratitude for what I, what I do have. Um, and not, not what I don't. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's, it's amazing to get to check back in after a lot of years of not, I not cha- only ever getting to chat over like Instagram and stuff like that. And yeah. I think it's cool how God weaves people into your story just so that you can hear the advice that you need to hear from them at that time. And that he's yeah. been teaching them so much in their own life and that the words they mm-hmm. say can have so much gravity for your life in all that he's been teaching you. And so, yeah, totally. yeah I would encourage anyone who's listening to this to grab on to um, what was said that impacted you and, and make the change um, now, not before it's too late. Cause it will never be too late for you to, to understand yeah. uh the blessing that God has given you, but your days will be so much more uh, full and, and you'll Mm -hmm. start to realize all the work that the father's doing. If you have an attitude of gratitude. 